Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of In Process here with Redmond Presbyterian Church. My name is Austin Ashenbrenner. I'm the pastor here, and I will be your host for uh, this episode. Uh, it's been a minute since <clears throat> we have uh, recorded an episode, and I apologize about that. I uh, went down with a case of COVID uh, a week or so ago and uh, have been a little out of commission for a bit, but uh, grateful to be feeling much better and healthier and, and ready to um, press record on the mic once again. So um, again, thank you for joining us, continuing to stick with us, to be a part of this conversation. I really appreciate um, the messages and the feedback that, that we get as we throw out some questions week to week. And so again, I uh, want to invite you to keep doing that with us, uh, today included. So as you know, uh, or hopefully you know, if you've listened to an episode or two of uh, In Process here, um, one of the through lines uh, through our conversations and our stories that we're telling um, it is concerned with what's going on in our community, in our area. Where do we see God at work? Uh, in our neighborhoods, on the sidewalks, in the streets, uh, in our workplaces, in our interactions with our neighbors. All of these things uh, we want to pay attention to. Our conversation sometimes uh, spins off into other uh, areas, but but that's uh, something that keeps drawing us back. If you listen to early episodes, uh, the first few, and we'll keep asking this question as we have guests, one of the questions I like to start with is, what is a, a place that is currently uh, a favorite of yours. Maybe it's a coffee shop or a restaurant or a walking trail or a chair in your house. Whatever it is, we want to pay attention uh, to that idea of place. And today, uh, I have something that I want to share with you, a book actually that I've uh, stumbled onto that I think uh, highlights that idea of, of paying attention to place. And, it, and it's a book that uh, honestly kind of came to me um, from a, a different corner, uh, you might say, of, of the library or a different corner of the literary world uh, than I normally read. Um, so I'll jump right in. Uh, I was listening to an interview with the author on uh, public radio the other day. The author's name is Nancy Marie Brown, and the book is Looking for the Hidden Folk, subtitle, How Iceland's Elves Can Save the Earth. Let me read that again. Looking for the Hidden Folk. How Iceland's Elves Can Save the Earth. And friends, I'm only about halfway through this book, and I have a hunch that I'm going to be doing uh, more episodes on this conversation because it is fascinating to me. Um, so first of all, let me just say, Nancy Marie Brown, a brilliant scholar and uh, sociologist and writer, um, is not writing this book from uh, a, a faith perspective, certainly not a, a Christian faith perspective by by any means. Um, but what she, the question she's asking about meaning and about place and about story, I think are so important and, and so connected uh, to the kinds of questions that we're asking uh, here in this church and as we continue uh, to follow God in our communities. So let me give you a very quick rundown of the book. Uh, as the title says, uh, Looking for the Hidden Folk, How, the, How Iceland's Elves Can Save the Earth. Um, this book is talking about a rather peculiar thing, and that is, and maybe you've heard this statistic, that in Iceland, the, the nation of Iceland, um, a 
a significant portion of the adult population believes in the existence of elves, uh, these these supernatural creatures that, that are hardly ever seen, although some people have stories, um, but that they, they live and they walk among us and they exist in the background. They're connected oftentimes to the earth and to uh, the, the structures around us. Um, and in Iceland, this belief is more than just kind of... Um, uh, children's stories or um, folklore, it is a part of uh, the the ethos. It's a part of the way uh, the world works, so much so that things like freeway projects get rerouted in order to, uh, to you know, to, to not upset the elves in this particular area or to not, or to appease the elves in this area. Uh, and, and it's easy for us to kind of... Uh, you know, giggle and dismiss this idea, you know, how silly this might sound. Um, but I think, one, for starters, we have to admit we have similar uh, beliefs that animate our, our lives and our days. Um, and, and as people of faith, you know, we, we profess, um, you know, not only devotion to, but, but the belief in, in that which is unseen and, and yet we believe is, is active around us. And uh, again, Nancy Marie Brown, Marie Brown, I think, explores some of those connections that, yeah, we, you know, it might be called elves over here. Somebody else might refer to that as, you know, God's spirit at work or something to that effect. Fun fact, uh, you may or may not know if you're a Lord of the Rings diehard fan, uh, that it's often thought that J.R. Tolkien borrowed his idea of elves in Middle-earth from an Icelandic nanny that was uh, uh, caring for his children as, as they grew. And so uh, lots of fun connections as well. Okay, so let me get down to the, the particular little passage that I want to read for you uh, that caught my attention this past week and made me think, oh, this is this is what we're talking about, right? So Marie Nancy Marie Brown is talking about um, the geography of Iceland, the place, the, 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 the earth, the structures, the rock formations, the volcanic uh, formations that are all over the island, and talking about how in, in the the Icelandic tradition of, of believing in elves, there's there's a whole um, mythos, you know, whole sagas and stories that are told about uh, the history of the of the island and these elves and their activities. And she points out that one of the things that is important for saga, and saga you can also say is stories that generate meaning, right? You know, big sweeping stories that we point to in in our own history or our own narratives um, that that we derive meaning from. Like this shapes us. This is why we are where we are today. This is why we, you know, observe the certain um, traditions and holidays that we do. This is, this is who we are. So these sagas, she says, are connected to, necessarily, importantly, connected to places. Uh, they're not just kind of disembodied, you know, um, uh, fables, but they are uh, stories that connect with particular places. And so I'm just going to read about a half a page uh, and show you what, what sticks out. She says, but sagas and saga sites, the places where these sagas take place, remain tied in our minds. Think of the way anthropologist Tim Ingold describes human life as wayfaring. She writes, we don't live in, in places. Actually, Ingold writes, we don't live in places. 
being, he argues in his book, being alive, but through, around, to, and from them. Each path we tread from place to place is a thread. Each place is a knot. And the more that lifelines are entwined, the greater density of the knot. A knot of what? Every place, Ingold says, is a knot of stories. In our simple word text, Lethbridge, another sociologist, reminds me, derives from the Latin texera, to weave or thread or knot together. Imagine walking or riding a horse through the Icelandic landscape with the sagas on your mind as I have done, or driving about in a converted Land Rover ambulance as Lethridge did for a year, visiting saga sites and rereading the sagas in the situ, one of their books, allowing the reaction between the land and the text to proceed. As you hike south from uh, this city through the rain and mud, your backpack heavy, gray, gray lag geese honking mournfully overhead, and your eye catches sight of the sheer face of Helgafell, which is a, uh, a volcano. It's it, Helgafell itself catching a low glimmer of sunlight slipping between the leaden clouds. It's impossible not to imagine, if you've read the particular saga, the side of the hill opening up like doors, which is one of their great saga stories. So I love that idea that, that as you hear these sagas, these stories that make meaning, and you, you make your way around the countryside, it's, it's, it's hard not to imagine these places being uh, alive with these particular stories. And so what she's pointing out is this very important uh, reality that, that Icelandic folk, at least uh, uh, Nancy Marie Brown and, and others have, have captured, have, have caught on to, is this idea that the place in which we exist, the place where our stories are, are told, where we uh, build relationships and make meaning, the place matters, right? The place is essential uh, context. It is the soil, very literally, the soil um, upon which and within which our, our lives um, grow and, and, and take root. And I wonder if we, in our world uh, today, devoid of, of elves running around, if we often consider that idea that, that the places around us matter. Because I think oftentimes, um, we don't, right? Our, our cities, our towns are kind of interchangeable, uh, especially here in the greater Seattle area. We you know, kind of bounce from one area to one area based on what we need. Um, we're not really encouraged in this day and age to, to know or to interact with our neighbors, right? And so who we live next door to is kind of, for some, inconsequential. You know, I live in this house and I live on this street, but Whoever else lives around me, I don't know. Uh, you know, this kind of, you could plunk this same street down in any other neighborhood and, and it would be the same experience because really what matters is what's inside my house, right? My immediate family and, and the people I, I know and am comfortable with. That's often kind of the world in which we are encouraged to live. I'm not going to say that that's what we shoot for or what many of us experience, but oftentimes that is the, the broader culture in which we live kind of atomized, um, without great importance placed on on place, right? 
oftentimes we try to kind of transcend place. Well, look at how I can be in as many places as I want at any one time, or, uh, you know, I've, I've moved all around the world, or, or um, again, kind of that idea that, you know, this neighborhood and this one are interchangeable. It's just about the the light fixtures and the number of bathrooms that, that really matter in terms of where we live, right? But as we think about that, as we think about both the stories that that we live by in in the Christian Church here at, at Redmond Presbyterian Church, the the stories of of Scripture, the Old and New Testament, the stories that that give us meaning and animate our lives. These are places where place absolutely matters, right? Shane Claiborne, uh, another author and activist. Uh, from the Christian tradition likes to point out that whenever he reads the New Testament, he's struck by all of the proper nouns, right? That it's Jesus of Nazareth and it's Paul of Tarsus. And and if we think of other stories in the Gospels, we think of uh, what happens on the road to Emmaus, right? It's not just some random road leading away from Jerusalem, but this particular road to Emmaus. Place, location matters in this in these stories. And so what happens when we pay attention to that, when we look at our world and we see our, our immediate context, the, the, the buildings, the houses, the streets, uh, the, the ball fields, the schools, the, the hospitals, these places around us as essential, essential context for the stories that our lives tell, right? It wasn't just, oh, I had a great conversation with this friend. It was, we were at that coffee shop or walking on that trail and when this happened. When these places around us begin to be important in our stories, I think something changes. Something shifts, right? Just in the way that uh, Nancy Marie Brown talks about the way that, that the Iceland people kind of uh, interact with their surroundings and their, um, uh, their physical surroundings is that it's... It's imbued with a sense of wonder and meaning, right? And when we do the same thing, when we see our neighborhoods and our streets and our communities and, and the places we like to, to shop or, or eat as essential pieces of what uh, of the stories that, that God is telling in our lives or building in our lives, then I think we enter those places differently, right? We don't see them as as interchangeable or disposable. We don't uh, see them as just a means to an end. You know, that's where I go to get this thing. But instead, we begin to see them as places with um, agency, places that have uh, we we enter them with expectation and and excitement. Right, like something is alive here. Something is happening here, and I wanna I wanna pay attention. This, this story of my life and my interactions and my relationships with these people is connected to this place. These relationships are different because of the geography and the space and, and the communities in which we live. And we're grateful for that. So I would leave you, this is kind of a shorter episode, just a, a, a brief kind of 15 or 20 minutes I would leave you with a couple questions uh, as, as we think about this idea of place. Because it's one thing to say place matters. It's another thing to walk out our door uh, 
watching for that or, or being uh, more alert and uh, awake to that idea. And so I would ask you a couple questions. The first is, uh, what is a place that already holds significant meaning uh, in, in your story? Uh, and I'm sure a few come to mind immediately, right? Think, think about the story of uh, when you got engaged or where your first child was born or uh, the day you started an important job. You know, you can probably even close your eyes and, and picture those places, right? So think of a place that, that has meaning to you that is a part of your story. Or another way to say that is a place where you couldn't tell your story without including this detail of, of where it was, because that was so uh, important or pivotal to the story. And so then once you kind of have that idea uh, lodged in your mind that, that some of these, that there are places that hold meaning, I'd invite you to, to consider what stories are now taking place around you. How can you begin to take notice? Right? Of course, you don't know the answer to that question, what stories are being told right now, uh, because those those are things that we have to pay close attention to. And so I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you think to yourself, oh, this this is going on in, in my life, in my world, in, in my kids' school, in my uh, favorite place to, uh, you know, to meet with friends, whatever it is. But ask ourselves, let's keep asking ourselves that story or that question, rather. What stories are currently taking place all around us and how might we begin to take notice? Where do we need to place ourselves? Where do we need to position our, our eyeballs? Where do we need to, to watch and, and learn? Where do we need to, to listen? Where do we need to ask good questions? All of these things are ways that we begin to uh, know those stories better. So again, thank you for indulging me a little bit. Like I said, I will most likely have uh, more stories from this book. Again, it's looking for the hidden folk. And I think uh, more than just an interesting dive into the people and, and culture of Iceland, it is um, a really fascinating study on uh, what it means for us to pay attention to place and uh, to tell stories to one another that that shape our lives. So I hope that's what we get to do here together. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I appreciate you uh, joining us here for a few minutes. All right, everybody. Have a great one. Bye-bye.